welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Gargoyle's Quest for the Game Boy. Gargoyle's Quest for the Game Boy was developed by Capcom and published by them in Japan in May of 1990. It was then published in July of 1990 in North America and then sometime in 1991 for the Mm. European market. Fashionably late. Just a little bit. (laughs) Now, this game was produced by Tokuro Fujiwara, also known as Professor F (laughs) or Arthur King, but mainly known as the director of Ghosts and Goblins. I know he's yeah. a big fan. You're a big fan of his uh, difficulty Sometimes levels. He's a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he also did uh, Bionic Commando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sweet Home. And he was the producer on most of the Mega Man series early on. Right, right. But this game does have uh, more pedigree to it because the music was also done by Harumi Fujita and okay. Yoko Shimomura. And Harumi also uh, worked on Ghosts and Goblins mm-hmm. and Bionic Commando and Strider. And okay. Final Fight. So, I mean, that's a great pedigree there. Definitely, yeah. And Yoku, they started at Capcom and worked on lots of games there as well. Uh, most notably, probably Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they switched over to um, Square, where they did the music for Super Mario RPG. Mm. And all of the Kingdom Hearts up and through the most recent. Okay. Now, this game is a spinoff of the Ghost and Goblin series. Right, right. And in Japan, it is known as... Red Aramur, Demon World Village Side Story. <laughs> Very concise name. Indeed, indeed. But it gets to the point that um, on the cover of the American and I think European version, what we know as the gargoyle is a green creature. Yeah, it, that is a weird cover, man. I, I don't like the look on his face. No, I don't like it either. Or like the evil Patrick Star on it as well. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, and uh, you know the rest of the world knew this character as Firebrand. Mm-hmm. And in the Ghost of the Goblin series, it is red. Yes. And in any color version of this game uh, or sequel or whatever, it is the character is red as well. Right, right. I mean, eventually you become a character called the Red Blaze in this very game. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of odd they chose that green cover. But I guess, uh, you know, the American market was probably better suited for a gargoyle based game, not a demon based game. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. And then, of course, this game uh, does have a sequel, but it also has a prequel uh, that came out first for the Nintendo. Right, yeah. And then a sequel on the Super Nintendo. I I have never really delved into them, so... Nor have I. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Gargoyle's Quest? This is a side-scrolling action platformer, but also got some uh, light RPG overhead sections in it. Very light, but also not too bad. Yeah. Now, in the side-scrolling portions of this game, you can, of course, jump. Oh, yeah. And it is an interesting jump because it is a variable jump. It is, yeah. And one that gets uh, higher as the game progresses with uh, the addition of a certain item or two. Yeah. 
But as a winged gargoyle, you do not just have the ability to jump. You can also, quote unquote, fly. Yes, it's more of a hover, really. Oh, definitely. And you have a separate little bar on your screen at the bottom that shows you your flight or hover ability. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that also grows as the game goes on. So at the beginning, you have very little time that you can hover. But as the game goes on, you get more and more. Yeah, and you just press the jump button again when you're in the air and it locks you where you're at. And then you're free to move left or right on that plane. Pressing A again will just cause you to drop. And it is not instant, though. That's the, the little tricky part of it. Yeah. There is a, I wouldn't say a lag, but there is a animation of your stopping to swoop and sure, you know, sure. flap your wings, which is a very fun little uh, animation of its own. Yeah, yeah. But in addition to jumping and flying, you can also shoot, of course. Yeah, that's your method of attack. You breathe out a little fireball type thing. I don't know. <laughs> kind of a strange looking projectile. And you can do that while you are flying as well. Oh, yeah. Now, in addition to flying and jumping right from the start, uh, the gargoyle also has the ability to wall cling. Yeah, you, you can just grab right on to most surfaces. There are some blocks that you cannot that you will find later to be destructible. But for the most part, you can just stick onto a wall. And that's a useful way to recharge your hover meter. Yeah, and that meter recharges when you're on the ground or on a wall. So it's pretty awesome. And with that, you can kind of wall jump up a wall as well. Yeah. But it is interesting because all you have to do is press towards the wall and you are t you are now stuck to it. Yeah, you don't have to like hold anything down. My only complaint about it is that you can't just drop off the wall. You have to do yeah. a jump off so you can like get yourself stuck in some. It's very awkward. Yeah, yeah. But I, I for the most, I only encountered a few spots like that. And when you do, it generally just means you're going to get hurt. Yes, because you do have life in this game. Yeah, you start with two hit points. Mm -hmm. And it eventually grows to five as you. Uh, I think progress. so, yeah. Yeah. And while you are traversing the levels, you can find hearts that will refill this health. But the heart only fills one little piece of health up. Yeah. Now, there is a special item you can find in the game. The essence of the soul stream. Yeah. And this game has wonderfully named things, by the way. Oh, yeah. They really don't just <laughs> like everything has a title. It's not just a one up, you know? No. But the essence of the soul stream is a special item that lets you refill your health once per level. Yeah. And that's like inside of a level, not once per like, you know, experience level because there is no experience. Right, right. Yeah. It's like once per side scrolling segment. And it is invaluable. Oh, yeah. Um, it helps a lot. You know, obviously, fill out your life. <laughs> Can't complain about that. And as you said, there are uh, lives to have in this game. You know, you start with two or three. I think so. But you don't find them in levels. You have to purchase them at shops. You can find them in some, like, overhead sections mm. where they, they look the same as, say, vials. But, you know, like, for instance, right before the final boss, it gives you four. <laughs> okay. And... That cuts to my next point is that you don't buy them with coins or gold or anything like that. You trade in vials for the one up, which is what is the one up called? It's the talisman of the cyclone. Yes. You trade in vials that you find in the side scrolling and overhead levels mm -hmm. and you trade them in for the talisman of the cyclone, which is a free man. Yeah. And each town has a little spot where you can buy one and it gets more and more expensive as you progress through the game. Yeah, um, and that's, you know, your vials are your currency, and these one-ups are all you can buy with them. Like, I kind of held on to some money early on that I wish I would have spent because the price 
increases as you go through the game. So you can get them dirt cheap at the first sections, and I advise you do. Now, as you progress through the game, you get new armor and a few new items, and those increase your stats. Yeah. Which the flight stat and the health stat you see on, you know, you can see them at the bottom of your side-scrolling adventures. You get another point of life or the flight bar is larger. Mm -hmm. But there's a third stat, your jump stat. Yeah, which also increases as you go. But you don't have, you have to look at that uh, in a different menu to figure out where you're at with it. Yeah. Which brings us to the role-playing portion of this game. Yeah, which, you know, it's a little more, it's more like Zelda 2, where you have an overhead map, you walk around, and while you don't see them coming, you do get into random encounters, which go to a smaller side-scrolling mini-battle kind of situation. Mm -hmm. But all of the towns are taken care of in a overhead Final Fantasy style. Yeah, you can go around and talk to people. Yeah, when you are in this um, overhead view and you hit your A button, you have four options. Yeah, you have what? There's talk, there's check, which is just search. There's a level, which just tells you, shows you your stats. Mm-hmm. And what spells slash whatever you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you also have use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is automatically uses whatever you need to at that point in the story. Yeah, you don't even have to go into a menu. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's very nice. And then there's check is the last one. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you uh, pick up any item you be you might be over top of. Or you also use it to find hidden items in the game mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And then uh, finally, I think the only other thing to talk about here is the weapon progression. Sure, yeah. Which I guess, there are they spells? I don't know exactly. They could be considered a spell or, I mean, that seems most likely, but it doesn't really specifically say, you know? Right. Well, as Firebrand, the demon or gargoyle or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> you start with a very basic attack that is... Uh, Looks kind of like an eye you shoot out, like a human eye, not the letter I. Yeah, yeah. And it's your your most basic. It does not go very far as a problem. No, no. And what, can you have two shots on screen at once, I think? I think that is correct. It's hard to gauge. With short range, it's like you can rapid fire because they land so quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, you'll find the blockbuster. <laughs> Which uh, is called that because it can destroy certain terrains that are breakable, but it looks like a boomerang. Yep. And you can also have two of those in the air. But the big part is that not only is it stronger, those boomerangs will go all the way across the screen. Yeah. But they do not return. No, no, they're not truly boomerangs. They just look like it. Correct. Uh, Following that, we have the claw. Yeah, cool attack where, you know, it shoots out a projectile that is, you know, again, I think full screen. It's, It's stronger than your normal attack. But when it hits a wall or a spiky wall, it'll make a little temporary kind of ledge that you can then hang on to. Yes. And I don't know if they tell you about that when you get it, but I wasn't paying enough attention. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it took me a long time to figure that one out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And by a long time, I meant looking at someone play through this game because oh. I was like, I got a little stuck and I was like, what am I supposed to do here? What on earth? And then I realized, oh, I can make my own wall. And then finally, we have the dark fire. Yep. And it doesn't really have anything special. It's just stronger and it's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So, no complaints. I, I think I it's like- the, all, only weapon that works on the final boss. Mm, makes sense. And finally, this game does have passwords, but not in the usual sense you would find them. Oh, yeah. you uh, <laughs> They're called resurrection spells, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, like everything in this game, everything has a way more hardcore title than it needs. But yeah, I yeah. totally am here for it. Uh, it's, it's always a nice little uh, 
joy when the game somehow explains like in setting how the game mechanics work, you know? Oh, yeah. And how do these game mechanics work? Well, you get a I think it's only eight characters, but, um, you know, it's a password and it's actually a very accurate one. Like it remembers all your ammo and vials and stuff. So and mm -hmm. but you don't get it when you die. No, you have to visit a person in a town. Mm -hmm. And if you don't go visit that person, you will not have a current password. So it's always one of the things you want to do in a town. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're not save stating. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, you're exploring the town. So you probably will. You know what I mean? Like, they're not that big. So you'll No. It's hard to miss, I think. I don't think any town has more than four buildings in it. Right, right. Nick, this is Capcom. They are not the pun masters that Konami is, but I do know they have a sometimes pretty fun outlook on their manuals. Uh, how does this one fare? Uh, this is a very minimalist manual, I would say. Uh, okay. It's 15 pages, so not a whole lot there. Um, wow. It's black and white. There are no screenshots. <laughs> um, what about artwork? There's some. It's mostly just a couple pictures of Firebrand, but it does have an enemy section with eight enemies. Okay, not the bosses, just uh, enemies from the levels? Yeah, no, it's like, it does have a picture of one boss, but the rest are just enemies. It's a kind of a strange collection of them. It's it, But they're all drawn? Yeah. I kind of want to see that, because they got some cool enemies in this, game, in this game. They do, they do. And, and you know, they're, they're fine. Uh, it's, it's mostly just about explaining the mechanics and controls of the game. Gives you kind of, you know, some story, which is a little weird because it talks about the, it's like long ago, the ghoul realm was invaded by destroyer, the destroyers. Mm -hmm. No word on George Thorogood was with them at this point, but it was saved by a mysterious red flame or whatever. And that's kind of the red blaze, I think, mm -hmm. is what they're getting at. And then you have to, you know, do it again, I guess. I don't know. I guess that makes sense why the... What is it, the NES one that's the prequel? Maybe it's the first time the Ghoul Realm was attacked? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm guessing one day we're going to find out. <laughs> now, this game has passwords. Did they give you any place to write them down? No, I'm, I'm afraid they didn't, but they did give you... For shame. <laughs> you get three full-page ads. One for DuckTales. Bionic Commando? Uh, no, Willow. It says the major motion picture Willow is now available. And then finally... Which I forgot to tell you. Harumi Fujita also did uh, Willow music. Oh, that's good stuff, man. I really like, I mean, I like a lot about that game, but but it also concludes with an ad for Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, which is a weird, uh, I never The played. Mickey Mouse game? I, yeah, I think so, where it's like, you're in Disneyland, you know, huh, and there's yeah, like I don't think I've played that either. I never did. I, I don't know. <laughs> I always thought it looked kind of hokey, personally. And the Mickey Mouse games were kind of a little more kitty. Sure, sure. At least sure. in style. I mean, difficulty-wise, some of them were not, for sure. But... That's, yeah, agreed. But... So three three ads and no place to put those passwords. Well, yeah, I mean, that just shows you how scant this is, where it's a 15 pages, you know, a fifth of this <laughs> manual is just ads for other games. So, yeah. Wow. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Gargoyles Quest? Well, I never really had a history. I mean, I didn't play this game. I, I had 
I'd seen of it in Nintendo Power and the rest of the series and was always kind of interested, but just never crossed paths with it. Yeah, I remember that cover for sure of the box, mm-hmm. that goofy faced gargoyle. <laughs> but uh, Ghost and Goblins was such a bitter, bitter taste in my mouth that I wasn't going near anything else branded close to it. Yeah, yeah. So again, this was, I know I saw it in Nintendo Power. I saw that goofy gargoyle cover, but I was like, well, I'm never playing those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. uh, until recently, I never did. Ooh. So then what was your more recent experience with Gargoyles Quest? Um, I beat this game. Uh, I was <laughs> pretty surprised it wasn't as hard, nearly as hard as I was expecting. So I was able to do it in like two sittings. Yeah, I agree. I Well, I agree in one way. It was definitely not as hard as I was expecting. But then you made it sound a crazy easy. And I was like, oh, he didn't. You're like, I'm halfway done in one sitting. I was like, all right, well, I can burn <laughs> through this. But it took me, I, I think I played this three or four times. I didn't have the time to sink in one go. Gotcha. But um, I mean, it wasn't like there was a lot of backtracking or anything. Uh, I saved in between levels, but I really, I don't think I really needed to until the very end. Yeah, there's there was like the second to last boss. Maybe, I don't know. There was one boss that was kind of tough, I thought, but most of them. And the very last area or side scrolling area with like the never ending spikes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that got me a little bit. But um, I mean, I think if you had this game and you had the passwords, it, it wouldn't be too bad to get through on your own. Sure, sure. I also beat the game. Um, I, th- I think total I put in probably about three hours, three or four hours on it. Yeah. That Although, cool. uh, you know, sadly, I think I've seen like the playthroughs are at like an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it was. It was like the first time i played i got to the second to last boss and that was where i I remember being like oh this is actually kind of tough and i beat it and then took a break and then when i checked i was like oh this is it like (laughs) right at the end yeah so i think my biggest problem was that i would get uh whenever i started back up i had to like take a good 10 minutes of wandering around to figure out where i was versus uh what Mm -hmm. i was doing sure sure and uh i won't lie i think at least more than once i went backwards to a previous village instead of forwards to <laughs> one I needed to go to. I wasn't sure if you could. I thought about it at one point at the end where I was like, man, if I could walk back to that first or second village. You can't go that far back because there's a few points where you leave like an area and you're like on the other side of a mountain. Or yeah, yeah. That's a, right. A forced block like that. But you can always go back one or two. Mm, okay. All right, this is it, the general chat portion of our show, and I would just like to reiterate something you touched on briefly earlier, and that this may be a great secret sequel to The Legend of Zelda 2. Yeah, kind of. It it does have quite a few similarities, you know, Um, and there were... Yeah, and it takes many of the things I love about Zelda 2 and just makes it a little more of a fun side-scroller. Yeah, it's it's a lot more movement-based, you know, and and I really like that the you know, random encounters you get into, it's not flat like 90% of Zeldas are where it's just you on a flat thing and some enemies. Like there's, you know, terrain to jump around and use your your hovering and shooting powers. And unlike Zelda 2, especially as you get in later in the game, these uh, random encounters can be very dangerous. Some of them because, yeah, they, you know, that you start off just fighting very weak enemies, but they do progress and you get to see a bit of a variety there, which I like. And sometimes you're starting out literally next to an enemy so you just have to be really on the ball yeah yeah and there are a couple that you know the first time i would encounter this enemy it's just right there and it's like if you don't know how to do it you're taking at least a hit yeah i'm looking at you uh weird dog head creature (laughs) it's like a dog with a human head 
You know that one? Oh, uh, there's a bunch of weird uh, enemies. Where the, where the head shoots off at you? Yeah, yeah. That thing, man. Ooh, that was a hard one when you first encounter it. That's one of the strengths of this game, I think, is just the weirdness of all the enemies. I like the sprites a lot. Oh, that's a, one of my other notes, is that this game has some of the best, like, just demon, weird, evil creature designs. And that stands uh, from the random enemies you encounter throughout the map and in the levels to the bosses, which are their own next level, awesome, evil yeah. demon sprites. And I like that a lot of the, we'll say lords, but you meet these boss demons or whatever that kind of send you on quests. And they they are frequently, you know, like one of them looks like Lucifer from the first Ghosts and Goblins or, you know, where they have like the yeah. second head in their stomach. And so I, I thought that was neat. Agreed. I mean, I really loved everything about the design of the enemies in this game. And as you said, the bosses are big and they're very cool and weird. And the lords are all super cool looking. Uh, they also have awesome names. Oh, yeah, there's some some weird ones. I wish they would have been in the manual more, but it goes through them in the ending where it's like Zundo and all these. Uh, it's super cool. Indeed. I uh, uh, There's like Zundo Druer. Yeah, they're, yeah, you can't get enough of it, man. I love weird names. Yeah, and they, I mean, they just sound, you know, um, very appropriately uh, demon-esque. Yeah. Which is my other note is that this game, if it wasn't bogged down by the... I think the localization of having to be towing the line of being, you know, more kid friendly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like this is like the setting and what's going on. is like the most metal thing ever it's, where you're yeah. basically in hell doing the bidding of these different like demon lords to try to like free hell from one evil thing to another. I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, it's super weird, but awesome. Whatever the destroyers are, they're even worse, I guess. Yeah, but like even and like we said, the, the names are cool. But my other favorite thing we talked about earlier is every item in the game, including the mundane items, have super metal names as well. Yeah, it's awesome. My only complaint about I mean, I guess it's not really the names, but especially when you're like when you're talking to people, it has this weird the scrolling of the letters like it pauses to where it's like are, it's breathing or something. It's really kind of strange. Well, I'm not going to lie. I hit the fast forward button every time text appeared on the screen because it's so slow i was like it is if you hit yeah. that it's just boom it's all out so i just yeah. saw okay the entire paragraph has now appeared like now i'll read it you have awesome items like uh the candle of the poltergeist yeah yeah and you know it's cool that they have the cool names and stuff and you know with the overhead map sections like it really lends a sense of this world being larger than it really is because it's really pretty linear Oh, yeah. And all of your like upgrades and stuff. It's it's not like you go on a quest for him. And you like talk to a guy and he'll say, OK, will you do this? And most of the time you'll say yes. And then then he'll be like, take this and this. And then it upgrades some stuff. But it, it can be kind of hard to associate what just happened until you look at your stats. Oh, a lot of times. <laughs> what did you think about the music in this game, Nick? I was kind of torn. I liked I liked it for the most part. And I liked the composition behind it. Like it has a cool mm -hmm. gothic kind of feel. but. Coming and you have a little bit, boy. yeah, yeah. We have a little bit coming back from the other ghosts and goblins too. Yeah, yeah. But what were you gonna say? Well, I just thought like it, it didn't seem like it was coming through the the way it would have sounded in someone's head. Like it, there's a crunchiness to it that didn't sound right. So yeah. it was kind of I had to turn down I, the volume a bit. <laughs> I, I'm in the same part where it, it's too repetitive. I think. Yeah. And there's a certain point where I was just like, okay, I I gotta take a break from the sound. Yeah. I Which is a shame because I think, you know, the effects were good and I liked what they were going for. It just was too much. I feel you.
All right, here we are in the level by level portion of our show. And this game has a lot of levels, but they're a bit hard to classify in a numerical order, per se. Yeah, despite their very linear progression, um, it's generally, there's what, like six side-scrolling true dungeons or levels, you might say? Yes, and then a few bridges thrown in for good measure. Yeah, yeah. And those are also forced side-scrolling areas. Yeah. So let's just go through this game. We're going to cover the towns very briefly, but this is more going to be about the levels, what you encounter there, and, of course, these awesome wicked metal bosses. Yes. And the game begins in our world. Yeah, which is a little weird because I I didn't quite get that at first. I was like, what is this? Like, and... But you are, you're in, I guess this is, you're doing your job as an enemy in a different, you know what I mean, of uh, Ghosts yep. and Goblins. And then you get uh, some message from a guy that uh, you have to return back to the ghoul, ghoul realm because they're under mm-hmm. attack. And so you go. And that really starts you on your first side-scrolling area. Yeah, which is a cool, like, burning town or whatever kind of Similar to, I think there's a, a city, right? Isn't there a burning city or at least a city stage in Ghouls and Ghosts, right? Yeah. And pretty soon, right, in this very level, uh, I think, you will see the first of many times this, like, water, quote unquote, like, uh, which is interesting because it's more like mud. You kind of sink into it and you can jump up and out of it. Yeah, it's very interesting because a lot of the times you find it, there is a bottom you can just stand in. Yeah. And you, there's no penalty for going under water so to speak so that's pretty cool agreed and in this level you're going to find of course lots of vials and each one you find in the level is worth two vials yeah and that uh, is pretty standard i think i think it increases. yeah i think it goes up a little bit yeah. as the game goes on but here enemy wise you'll see a lot of your common enemies for the first time there's little like robed ghosts and flames that come at you fl- with faces yes skeletal fish giant spiders Yeah, those skeletal fish, they're no trouble. The spiders are a little weird because, well, they barely look like spiders. Let's start there. Yeah, I don't even know if that's truly what they are. They seem like there's some kind of weird spider, but they're they're not associated with webs. They just kind of sit in a spot until you trigger them, and then they'll come at you. And then you have uh, your very common enemy, which I I wanted to do some research, but I was too lazy to. (laughs) Uh, And I will at some point. I have to figure out what it is in Japanese folklore or whatever it is that gives them these white pointy-headed ghosts. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, They've appeared in a few games. Yeah. But to the American eye, they look a lot like Ku Klux Klan members. (laughs) Hey, at least they're the bad guys in the game, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't have any problem uh, taking them down, but they are a lot. There's a lot of them in this game. But they're like your Goombas or something. They're just like the, the guys that walk yeah. back and forth. They're no trouble at all. The hardest enemy in this entire level are those, quote, spider flying creatures. Yeah, they're placed to be pain painful, you know. And a thing we haven't talked about, which makes them the most painful, is that enemies do respawn when you leave the screen. Yeah. So if you backtrack to run away from these spiders, they will be back there again when you return to fight them. Mm, see, I would always try to get them right as they came in the screen. That's the, really the only way to safely deal with them. And I mean, really, the toughest part about this level and most levels is the just the spikes. Um, the ceilings, walls, and floors are frequently lined with spikes. And it's kind of a little puzzle element in a way where you have to figure out how to use your jump plus hover to navigate around them. Mm-hmm. And... 
it gets more and more difficult as you go through the game, like the gaps they have you deal with and the little tricks they make you do to fly around through these areas. Mm -hmm. But the boss of this level, Zundo Druer, <laughs> is kind of like an undead fish it's, yeah, demon. Big, weird, aquatic. It looks cool. It's so hard to describe, though. Yes. It has a giant mouth, and it shoots out flames at you, but they are you cannot hurt these flames like the ones earlier in the level. Right. And I forgot to, to, to say this during my experience portion, but one of the reasons that this game took me longer to play, and I kind of forgot, was that my game glitched at this boss fight. Oh, really? Yeah. And when I hit him, it just kept making the I hit him noise over and over and over again, yeah. and then I, I couldn't do damage to it. Oh, weird. Yeah. And then I went to like use a password. I was like, I'll just use a password to get past it. Yeah. But then I was really confused as to where I was. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I wasn't like directly after it. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I was like, the town. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just going to replay it. So I had to replay that beginning portion. Not mm -hmm. too hard. Yeah. I mean, generally, this guy's not too bad. It's you have some water on the floor that it's rising up and down out of. And there's some blocks for you to stand and climb on. And with most of the bosses, I found like as soon as it gets up there, you just want to match elevation with it and start jamming away on that attack button because you can mm -hmm. usually do a ton of damage pretty quick. And really, it's all about just waiting, balancing the amount of damage you're doing to it to when you have enough time to escape yeah. and make your little dash around the level again, avoiding it until you can start attacking it again. And while you do only have two hit points here, uh, something we forgot to mention earlier is that after each one of these side-scrolling segments, your life will refill automatically. Yes, which is very nice. <laughs> yeah. Especially after the last few games we've played. Agreed. <laughs> so after you have uh, defeated that boss, you are now in the ghoul world, and you are on the overhead map. Mm -hmm. You have to talk to a few of these clans members who uh, then instantly fight you. Yep, yep. And they are not hard at all. No, no. They're usually very simple. You'll fight like three or four of that enemy, and then it's over. But then you find yourself in your first village or town. And there you kind of learn what the whole problem is, what you've got to do in this game. Yeah, you meet the uh, the leader of this town is Baron Jark. Mm -hmm. or Baron. <laughs> Baron Jark. Jabroni Jark. And he is needs you to get his gremlin stick back. Yeah, that's probably the least uh, cool named thing in the game. <laughs> I think uh, 50 Cent really ruined <laughs> anything stick. Yeah, I, really, I was trying to find a way to work that in. <laughs> I I thought about that. Like, every time anyone said Gremlin Stick, I just thought of the song Disco Stick. Right. Oh, sure. Okay. With Gaga. I didn't. With Lady Gaga. That was my, I, for some reason, I just couldn't, I couldn't gotcha. separate them. Gotcha. Now, you don't get anything fun. You just got to leave this town and go north. Oh, no, you do. You get the fingernail of the specter. Yeah. So you get a little more jump height there. Yeah, and then you get to go north. You have to cross a bridge, and that is a forced side-scrolling area that's more just avoiding fire. Yeah. And you can go to the... Is that when you get to the Gremlin Tower? I think so, yep. And the entire tower is a monster, which is pretty cool looking. Yeah, all of the buildings you see on the map look pretty sweet, too. And this level is your next side-scrolling area, and it's pretty cool because it is mostly vertical, seeing as it is a tower. Yeah, um... Again, spikes will be your worst enemy. There are some like plant-based enemies. You know, there's those uh, where it looks like a mouth plant that opens, and then this uh, what's the manual calls them gloom eyes, where it's like an eye with like a spiky lid. Oh, those gloom eyes are the worst. Yeah, I hate them. It's they're almost impossible to avoid. 
Yeah, and they're usually tough to kill in time without taking a hit, you know? Yeah. Now, those plants you were talking about, the plant mouth with a trail of leaves behind it. Oh, yes. Those gave me a ton of trouble as well because they take a bajillion hits. And they will follow you, man, through the whole level. Yeah, I thought you were just supposed to run away from them at first because I couldn't figure out how to attack them very well. Yeah. But no, it just takes a lot of hits. And then the other big portion of this map is riding on moving platforms and using them to get around different spikes and stuff. Yeah, um, not too tough. I think, you know, I really liked using the flight power in this game, and I think they did a good job of fairly designing the levels around it, you know, to see where you're like, all right, how am I going to get up here? You figure it out. Yeah. It's not too tough. It's, it's mainly used, interestingly enough, as a puzzle element. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, I have this power of flight. I can just go wherever I want. No, it's part of the puzzle of you have to fall down to here and then fly across over these spikes and under this other thing. Yeah, so it's it, it's fun. It's kind of like Bionic Commando where you'll see a, an obstacle or a lead or, you know, and you're like, how do I get up there? And your first thought will always be wrong because you're thinking like you can use a normal game's jump or something. You have to retrain your mind. Yes, uh, but eventually you will make it to the boss of this tower. And what a weird, weird thing you've got to do. Yeah, it's in a large room. There are these four plant eyeball kind of looking things. They're like pulsating mounds of something. Yeah, something. And, you know, you just have to destroy. Very fleshy looking. Yeah, yeah. But you got to destroy all four of them uh, without falling on the spikes. Yeah, well, each one is gives you kind of a unique thing you have to do when you fight it. Mm -hmm. Because they also shoot out these energy projectiles at you that are very large. Yes. And can be very hard to dodge at times. Yeah, I generally just, I took down the bottom left one first, I think. Agreed, it is the easiest because you have a a pretty much uh, a nice safe spot there. Yeah, where you can just stand there and, you know, you just, you want to shoot as fast and as much as you can while jumping over the projectiles. And then the two at the top are a little harder because you really don't have a safe spot. It's all about just dodging those projectiles. Yeah. But each eye only takes four or five hits. Not too shabby. And once you have uh, destroyed all four, a door opens and you acquire the gremlin stick. Yeah. So head back to good old Jarks. Well, before that, though, you do realize that an incredible force is building in your body. You've now hit ghoul puberty. No, uh, (laughs) you get the power of the blockbuster. So you can now in your sub menu change to the second projectile. Yeah. And do so right away. Yeah, there's no reason not to. <laughs> now, downside, you have to go through that that forced side-scrolling of the bridge again. Yep. But you can make your way back to that very same town and talk to Jark. Yeah. And then he gives you the candle, right? Candle, the of, candle the- of the poltergeist. Yeah. Which is sweet. And that also lets you now talk to a guy that was more north than you were before. He lets you and- through. Yeah, he'll let you through where you couldn't go. Also, and at this point, now that you're stronger, you're going to be dealing with some new enemies on the overhead map. These weird, like, fishmen statue things. Oh, yeah, that one. They're called Twin Mar. They're in the manual. They're hard because they start out on either side of you and you're, like, right in their line of fire. Yeah, they can catch you off guard if you're not. you got to be ready. You'll be ready to jump right away. Jump over that thing. But, you know, you go talk to this, uh, you know, what I always thought of as, as like, they look like zombies, like the townspeople, the normal humanoid creatures. Yeah, I agree. Talk to a zombie, and he will let you into this mouth-shaved palace uh, entrance, or it's really just like a cave system. Yeah, he gives you, doesn't he give you armor? Armor of yeah. the dragon? Yes, he gives you the armor of the dragon. You are correct. And that's just it, another hit point, but hey. 
I'll take it. Yes, but you really, at this point, you need it. Oh, yeah. So after you get the armor, you go through this uh, cave, which is a very short... Yeah, um, and you're you're in a new overhead area, which seems larger and more open. You'll see a bunch of... You can see a castle you can't get to at first, and there's different, like, dead trees around as you make your way to another village. And that's that's where you get a clue, This um, where someone says, I found some wings under a tree behind the palace. And that's where, if you go there, you can get... Uh, the wings of the falcon to power up your flight. Yeah, and it does by a ton. Yeah, and I, I lucked out because that was like it's one of the first paths. And I was like, what's up with this tree? And I just went up there and I was like, wings of the falcon. I was like, what, am I supposed to do this yet? So you can save you a little time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But either way, yeah, if it, it's great. And then after you have gotten those wings, you'll head to the west. And there's another town there. Yeah. And everyone in this town says, the path is blocked. If only we had the wings of the falcon. Hmm. And I had to go backtrack and get those wings. Yeah, which isn't too far, but the, you know, you got random encounters that stretches it out. Although those random encounters are really your only way of farming for money and therefore lives, if that's something you want to do. Yeah. So then if you go to the left of the town and north, you will see another what looks like a vial out there. But it is also the essence of the soul stream that that special item that refills your health you want that straight away yes and then you can go to that bridge and there's a guy blocking the bridge and he's like you'll never get across and then you have to fight him yeah he's one of those gross dog head things oh sure yeah and then you are at the bridge and it is not easy to jump across this bridge even if you have those uh the wings it it is tight you really you got to lead off that ledge yeah you will just barely make it when you do yeah but you can get across and you're not done. You got to deal with another little thing we I, we didn't talk about, which we really should, is the falling platforms in this game. Oh, yeah, there are. I mean, they're classic where you stand on it. It'll kind of shake and fall, but they're pretty tricky. Yeah, they are not like a Mario one where you can just lightly jump right off of again. You are you are committed to falling a certain amount with the platform once you've touched it. Yeah. So you, you want to be on the spot about getting your float out is ASAP. Yeah, I found some of these parts to be very challenging because it's just an awkward timing. But once you've crossed that bridge, you're into the next big area and you find yourself at a castle, not a town. Yeah, this is what, Darkoan? We're taking, yeah, we are taking the candle to, is it King Darkoan? Prince Darkoan? It's Darkoan. It's, um... Yeah, Dark Owen, whatever. But yeah, this level is where we'll first see a bunch of destroyable blocks. You have to use your blockbuster to destroy. And traps. Yeah, there are, you'll see certain, you can tell if you're looking for them, but they'll blend in if you don't, uh, where it's like a segment of the floor and you step on it and that releases the trap. But, you know, and that's usually a a pillar of flame or whatever, but I like that you can fly over them and not have to encounter it at all. Yeah. I think this is also where the weird toad demon creatures uh, begin. Mm, uh, They're also gross. And eventually you'll get to the top of this area where you encounter some wind. Yeah, it's kind of tough to see at first. There are some grassy tufts on the floor, on the ground, that will let you know. Mm -hmm. You have to uh, slowly work your way to the right. And where you fight one of my least favorite enemies in the game, the bat demon. Oh, sure. Yeah. Those things, it is so hard not to get hurt by them. The manual calls them Malgor, as well, especially here with the wind, where you want if if you can't float like right in front of them, you know what I mean, and be ready to start blasting as soon as they enter the screen. It's uh, they they can be tough to avoid. Yeah, because they do take quite a few hits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, one thing we didn't note earlier that we should is that also there are 
points where if you die, you don't start at the very beginning of the level. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they do have checkpoints, which is pretty cool. Yes, I yes, they are very cool. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I use them later on because sometimes you just want more health when you're going into a boss fight. Yeah, yeah. Which you are at the boss pretty much right after those guys. Yeah, and this boss is Belzamos. He has a picture in the manual. Uh, cool, because he is like a wicked punk rock demon. So he's got some big fins. And he's pretty cool. He's got one fin that's kind of like a mohawk, or maybe it's two of them. It's hard to tell. Yeah. He uh, now, of course, he's a, a kind of a take on Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And he flies out. You know, does his little attacky thing at you, mm-hmm. and then he splits into. He's got like fireball shoots. And then he splits into four flies. Yeah, and he will reappear from one of them. And I think it's always the one closest to you. I Yeah, I did not realize this when I was fighting him. <laughs> like, I just thought he split into flies and then reappeared randomly. And then later when I was going back, I was like, oh, I feel dumb now. Like As you should. No, um, <laughs> you know, either way, it's if you got your pattern down from the first boss of how to move around a level to avoid, it's the same thing here. Yeah, not very. And again, you can really jam on him if you can position yourself right. You know, you get your hover right in his path and start blasting away. Mm-hmm. And then once you have defeated them, a door opens and you are in the chambers of Dracoen. Dark Cohen. Is that his name? Dark, Dark Cohen. Yeah. Darko. Darnie, D- Donnie Dark Cohen. Yeah. Uh, you talk to him and he's like out of it. So you got to use that candle of the poltergeist. Yeah. You light it and he awakens. But he tells you his power was stolen. Yeah, you better get it back. And since he can't do anything with the small power he has left, he'll give some of it to you. What a cool guy. He is. The power of the king flows into your body and your nails and wings become stronger, you realize. So now you have a new attack and you have another hit point. And um, yeah. I will never be able to say the word claw correctly again after the Street Fighter red tape. Oh, the claw. (laughs) The claw. Yeah, it's Thomas Middledish, funny guy. So once this is one of those points that once you leave this castle, you have now traversed a mountain and you can no longer backtrack. Mm, yeah. And yeah, there's a village nearby that they'll give you some clues to get. You need the candle of darkness from Byman or something, yeah. right? To get to the next area. Someone stole it Why? from these poor people. I know. And then you talk to the Baron of the land, Byman. And I like that... Uh, is this the guy who's like, hey, you should uh, give me all of your power? I maybe, do you remember this? I think so. I know. And he's like, you got a yes or no. He's like, do you want to give him all your power in your like, life? No. <laughs> and uh, if, you, if, you, if you say no, he's like, you are brave. Go forth. <laughs> this is also a town where there's that little demon guy who like challenges oh, yeah. you or whatever, and you beat him to get uh, another hit. Armor. Point. Yeah. Armor of Guile. Yeah, diff- the Armor of Guile. And the sonic boom. Yes. Uh, leaving this town, you go into the desert and you can see where you need to go. It's like a divot or a, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you call those desert holes. <laughs> and you can't get to it, though. No, this is a, a weird thing that is actually more of an RPG thing where you'll have, you know, it's like the shifting sands as you walk. It starts pushing you around in different directions. Uh, and you just right. kind of I was able to. Get there just blundering around for a, a minute. Oh, you know? Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> and then you are there in the desert of destitution. Ooh. And this level is the first one that I, I had some trouble with. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see it. It's very spiky. And it is just a long vertical drop in the beginning where you basically have to 
I don't know, in my book, die a few times and learn when you need to hover and where. Well, yeah, it's, it's tough because there's some stretches when you don't have anywhere you can land on the wall to recharge your hover, you know? So it's like every time you get a chance, you have to do that until you get down that spiky shaft. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom is a bunch of water you got to swim through. And uh, did we talk about these enemies, the the skeleton head that, that shoots at you? Oh, no, where it's like a pile of bones or something. It's like a human skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just looks really, really goofy. <laughs> sure, sure. And, uh, and this is the level where I had the real trouble with that uh, flying plant creature. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, because there's one at the very beginning, right? Or... And it's like halfway through, halfway. but it is just, there's no place to go. No, you either have to, yeah, you, you have to take it down. So you have to be very particular. I did these like very tight loops around it. And then towards the back end of the level is this like, I don't know, it looks like a hairy ghost. <laughs> that just pops out of the ground and they take too many hits. I hate it. I could not get past them without getting hit by one of them. But yeah. right after them is the boss. Yeah, a cool looking boss. Zaka Druzer. Zaka Druzer is awesome. It's a weird like skeleton thing. I, I it's hard to explain. I've well, it's like a skeleton that uh, it's like a skeleton that is a crab where its shell yeah. is like a snail shell with spikes on it, and instead of crab arms, it has skull hands that bite. It's pretty cool, man. Uh- <laughs> it's even cooler than I described it being. Now the downside is I think this is the easiest boss so far. Yeah, because you can just blast away at him. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you can get behind him. Yeah, I mean, even I just was in front of him. And, like, you avoid him for a little bit. But then you have the the way the level is laid out. There's so many, like, straight paths to just shoot him for long periods of time. Yeah. And its movement is pretty straightforward. It jumps up. And then every once in a while, he just shoots an energy projectile at you that is very easy to jump over. Yeah. Uh, Once you've defeated him, a door will appear. And you recover the candle of darkness from the desert of destitution. Ugh. But also while you're there, you receive the power of the claw. Yeah. So I, I guess I, this is when you get the claw. I was wrong. Yes. This is the, the claw. The claw. But um, the claw is your new weapon upgrade. It is the one that lets you stick to spikes, even though you didn't realize it. Yeah. If you were me. Yeah. <laughs> you go back and you talk to the, the guy here, the demon king of whatever this town is. Mm-hmm. And he lets you know that Margarita lives in the secret passage and you got to go visit straight from this room yeah so once you have left this secret passage you're in another deserty area and now when you find uh those uh clansmen they have shields sometimes they're riding a chariot oh. yeah yeah Pr- pretty neat uh but uh but before you do leave that area you, you find a uh another room with a cloaked figure in it mm-hmm. and he'll ask you if you want to know about the red blaze and if you do you should light a candle at the altar yeah, which you should, always. Always, yeah. And then you do that, and the room will go black, and the cloaked figure will talk to you. And he disappears and reappears around the altar, and it'll tell you the story of the Red Blaze. Yeah, which is what the person or the power that was used to defeat the destroyers long ago or something. Mm-hmm. And when you go to leave, that person will be like, you can't leave. We know that it's you, and you're not cool. <laughs> and then it's just two guys in chariots that you fight pretty quickly. Yeah. Easy enough. And then at the end, he goes, ah, you are the firebrand. You are Red Blaze. You're the man now, dog. Indeed. And he tells you to go get the eternal candle from the east. Yeah, from Castle Rushafell. Yes. Uh, there's a bridge there that you got to deal with. Good old bridges. And then you get to the next town, and everyone in the town thinks that Rushafell is the Red Blaze. What's that all about? I don't know, but this is your last town to 
get a continue from uh, or a, a resurrection spell. Mm, so you better. And sadly here, free men are now 64 vials. Yeah, that's why I was like early on. I wish I would have. I felt like I should have got more, but it's I don't know. They're not that tough. Or I didn't really need them as bad as I thought I might at the end of the game. You know? Yes. Uh, also, that guy you fought, he's still in this town or he's in this town. Also, the one that gave you the armor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He shows up again. And he'll tell you how to get the it's the fifth gate that you need to go through. OK, and this is bizarre. Yes, because I don't know. He's like, it's the fifth gate from the north. or something. And I was like, I and there's these no different idea. portals in the area. And what he means is it's the furthest one to the right. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, I would. I, I got kind of got lost here and for a minute myself because I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And I, I read online where to go. <laughs> so once you go through those caves and get to the Ruchafel Palace, um, this is a very spiky area that there's a couple of sections where you kind of have to use your claw thing to get up and around. Oh, yeah. This is where I was like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. And then I watched the playthrough and realized that that's what that claw does. And this level is just a huge maze. It's all about using your wings and the claw in, in conjunction to snake your way through this very, very spiky area, uh, many times being chased by those plant creatures. Yeah, in fact, that's when we talked about the the five little like caves you had to go into, they all take you to different sides of a similar like it's a, it's a short loop, but it has three of those plant monsters in it that you are hard pressed to kill and you kind of have to run away from to get here. There's just never a good spot to stop and attack them from is really the yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, once you do get through it, though, you are right in front of a castle, a one roomed yeah. castle. And once you go in there. There's a goofy looking uh, bird demon or whatever this guy is. And he's like, oh, if you want to defeat me, you can have the eternal candle. I'll be waiting for you. And then he runs off. And then you begin the spikiest level of all. Just kidding. That's the last level. But this one is pretty spiky. <laughs> and in fact, they've in, uh, invented new spikes for this level. Ones that come in and out on a chain. Yeah. And there's sections where I, I, I honestly was just like, I had to take a hit. I don't know how to dodge these. I agree. Um, Too slow. You, unless you like hover right above it, maybe. Uh, it's This is one spot where I thought the hitboxes on those spikes are a little unclear. Yeah, and you have to use the claw so often. It's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ugh, it's pretty rough. And you make it to the end of this level, and the boss is waiting for you just as he had promised. And what a very interesting boss and boss fight this is. Yeah, well, it's... You're in a, a room with, what, seven little... You have some platforms around you, and there's, like, spikes on the ceiling and wall, but the boss is in the center mm -hmm. and shooting these orbs out at you. Wait, and sitting in a chair. Oh, yeah, he's in a throne or whatever. <laughs> it's it, This is barely a throne. Yeah, yeah. And he does not get up. No, no, it's all about moving around, avoiding that slow homing ball. Well, it also shoots little mini shots out as well. This basically is waving his arms at you. The hard part is that his arms, when they're up, block his head, which is the only weak point. Yeah, yeah. And this this was the part where I was like, man, I got stuck here. Where I was like, all right, this actually kind of got hard. Well, the hardest part is it just takes so long because you have very few opportunities to hit that, that enemy in the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it either takes a lot of patience well, it always does, but if you are quick about it, like I just hung out on this like platform directly to its left, right? Yeah. And, if, and, and you know, every time it would shoot that ball, I would try to jump over it. And then sometimes 
if that arm happens to be down and you can shoot him in the head and you're quick enough to float right on the other side, you can gun it down and kill it in like two uh, shooting sex sessions, so to speak. Okay. Blast away. That was the only way because it was like just going around that thing chasing me. I was like, this takes forever. Indeed, it, it did take forever, at least when I fought it. But once you defeat it, you are given the candle. In fact, this boss says it is honored to give you the candle. <laughs> well, this is another. He's He thought he was the Red Blaze, but. He knows that you are the true Red Blaze. And then oh, yeah. once you hear that, you feel the essence of the ghoul realm filling inside you, filling you with power. And something in your mind speaks to you. <laughs> and that's when you realize you are the real Red Blaze. The real Red Blaze. The king which, of destruction. Yeah, and comes with quite a few power-ups. Like you get the final attack, your dark fire. Yes. And now you have five hit points and most importantly, yeah. Yes. Your your flight meter is gone and it's been replaced with an infinity symbol. Now you cannot fly vertically with infinite power, but you can hover and fly horizontally as much as you wish. Which is pretty sweet and uh, it's pretty fun to do. I kind of wish I would have got to use it more. Yeah, at least like one more level because it throws you right into the next level full of my least favorite enemy, those demon bat creatures. Mm, But now if you're me... You have the ability to climb up walls and fly above everything as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Generally, this is a, a kind of vertically level. Well, first is that bridge, and oh, then you yeah, have yeah. the castle afterwards, the final castle. Yeah, yeah. Breger's Palace. Almost all the horizontal surfaces are covered with fire, so you have to avoid that. And this is a huge level. Yeah, you, you're you heading vertically a lot, and... There's lots of little alcoves and places to explore that have usually nothing useful in them, but they do slow you down a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you're using that claw power on a lot of spikes to make your way up. Too many spikes, if you ask me. And this this is a level that can seem more confusing than it or seems and a lot bigger than it is because, you know, if you look at a map of it, it looks pretty straightforward unless you realize how it's like it's. Um, you can see through walls to see other sections of the map because there's this weird vertical kind of wraparound, kind of like in a Kid Icarus Myths and Monsters way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can never actually go there, but some places it looks like you kind of could or maybe should. But so it makes it does make it feel like a bigger palace, I, I, which I kind of like. And I think this level is really cool because it like really doubles down on the puzzle element of when to lower yourself and hover and when to, mm-hmm. to to raise yourself and hover to get around certain obstacles. Yeah, it's fun. Until you fall in that lava. Well, yeah, that's not so fun. It's not. Uh, you know, but as you get closer and closer to the top, the the skulls and fire give way to brick and mortar. Ooh. And then eventually you arrive at, what is it, King Brieger? You get to an overhead level at the end, right? Yeah, you are in his throne room. Which is cool because A, it fills up your life, and B, there are there's a, a little urn or whatever that you take, and it gives you four talismans of the cyclone. So that's nice. And Breger looks pretty metal sitting in that chair with all those arms, four arms. <laughs> he's, he's ready to rock and roll, man. Uh, he is. And I also like the fact that he says, I know your power. There is no need for us to fight. Why don't you become my follower? And if you do, I'll give this realm to you. You will be king. Yeah. Which, of course, I saved and did it to see. And this is awesome, too, because if you do it, then he strips you of all your power, and then you have to fight him 
like you're at the beginning of the game with no you you don't have your infinite flight anymore you only have two hp like it's it's pretty it's pretty funny that's awesome but if you reject his offer you then have to battle him and you can do so with all of your might and i was a little disappointed in this final boss well it's quite similar to uh, the previous boss where, you know, he's in the center of a room and you're jumping around him and he's shooting these homing uh, bullets at you or whatever. But now you can destroy them with your dark fire. Yeah. Again, you can only hurt him by hitting him in the head. And yeah. two of his forearms do move in the way. But at this point, you have five health plus hopefully a way to refill that health. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just took the hits and killed him. Yeah, that's what I did. You can pretty much just float right there. Yeah, that's what I did. You have infinite <laughs> hover, so just blast them away. And once you do, you are then transported to another throne room where there are a bunch of other creatures that are like, hey, good job. We know you could do it. Yay. And a very out of place and cute looking like um, skin rug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, there uh, you and then go. you can. Yeah. And then you can go up and talk to uh, you talk to Dark Cohen, who says, why don't you tell me you were the legendary Red Blaze? Whoa. Anyways, I'd like you to stay and help us, but. If you want, Earth is yours. If you conquer it, you can be the king there. Good luck. Mm. I was like, all right. So then uh, (laughs) you do get a nice scroll that ends the storyline. Brigger was defeated. Uh, Dracoin regained his great power and defeated the entire army of destroyers. And the ghoul realm became safe, question mark again. Uh, We find out the Firebrand became a legend of the ghoul realm. Mm. And then you are treated to a little show of each of the bosses and their true name, Zuckeruder, etc. <laughs> Zuckerberg. And at the very end, you do get a shot of Firebrand, which looks like he's on Earth destroying things. So I like that. <laughs> yeah, he's not burning buildings time. behind him. I know, not at all. And finally, a presented by Capcom. Yay. folks this is it the final portion of our show the review portion and of course we use the classic nintendo power review system that has four categories of each category a possible score of zero to five starting with graphics and sound which i gave a 4.0 mainly on the strength of the awesome sprites um i gave it a 3.5 but i agree which we haven't talked about the backgrounds they're not amazing but they definitely get the job done and let you know where you're at there were some I really liked because a lot of times it's just like skulls or rocks, but you know, I like the burning buildings or there's certain ones where it just looked like a bunch of heads, like faces and stuff. Yeah. But, but it's really for me of, yeah. all about the enemies and the bosses that every single one of them looks cool or creepy or wicked. Definitely. And if and one of those three things then I'm down for it, <laughs> cool, creepy and wicked. But yeah, the only downside is the music uh, is just too repetitive and gets a little harsh. Yeah, I, I agree. But like I said, I love those sprites. They won me over. And I didn't even mention, well, I did, but I always want to reiterate how fun and goofy Aramur or Gargoyle looks when he is flying. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's cool. (laughs) I love it. Next up is play control. I was really torn on this one, which I say every week about at least one of our uh, (laughs) categories. So, you know, I gave this a 3.5. What did you give it? 
Uh, I went with a 3.0. I could see a 3.5. You don't. I was on get, the fence between the two. I really like the hover, and I think it it's adds so something. well done. Yeah, and it's it's fun to use, and it's very easy um, to stick to walls. It's just hard to get off of them. Yeah, if you could drop directly yeah. off the wall instead of having to jump off of it, it would be cool. But you know, I, I I really liked what they had here, and it really made me interested to see more from the series where they go with it. I know. I cannot wait. Next up is Challenge Factor. I was torn on this one. <laughs> yeah, I well, can see that. I uh, I went with a 1.5 because... Okay, I can see honest, that. Well, it was just that one boss that I thought I had trouble with, and the rest of the game, I was able to make it I through. I gave it and... a 2.5, uh, just because I felt like the last two levels of the game are challenging. And while you do have a ton of health, it can you can get uh, stripped of that health pretty quickly. Now, as I talk this out, I realized that you do have that healing thing. So yeah, I'll drop down to 2.0 because you do have the password system as well. Yeah, yeah. And like, I even forgot to mention that boss I had trouble with. Like once I, because I had forgotten about that essence of the soul stream. Yeah. So I never even yeah. used it. So and I was like, oh yeah. And then I was able to, you know, defeat it pretty easily. So it, it helps. And if you're really having a lot of trouble, you can farm for the uh, vials and buy more life. Yeah, yeah. And our final category is theme and fun. I went with a 3.5. I gave it a 4.0. I really enjoyed this game. Oh, yeah. Me too, man. <laughs> I thought, you know, the levels were different enough, even though they were very similar in, like, your objectives. They definitely give you a different flavor. And I like the fact that, you know, when you're on a bridge, it felt like a bridge area, etc. Yeah. To me, I, this is one of those games where I was like, man, I really wish I would have played this as a kid. This would have been right up my alley. Yeah, definitely, man. And especially considering that it's like a handheld game, which with a decent amount of depth, you know? Yeah. It's a and, fun idea. And uh, and it's it's got a cool idea that is solidly executed. Agreed. It makes me look forward to the others in this series. So I ask you at the end of every show, and I will again this week, even when I think I know the answer, and that uh -oh. is... The question, should you play this game? I think you should. I agree. The, my biggest problem is that this game is only available on the eShop for the 3DS in Japan. Oh. So you're just going to have to emulate it. But it's but worth so. every penny. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, no, it is a blast. And uh, like I said, I cannot wait to explore more in this series. Next week's game will be Blaster Master for the Nintendo Entertainment System, not the Mad Max character. Aww. So find a copy of that game any way you can and play along, friends. That's right, folks. And if you think that Blaster Master is better than Master Blaster, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. I want to know who's more popular, even if he does have the mind of a child. <laughs> also, if you bust the deal, you do face the wheel. Oh, that's a good one. Now... If you're a bigger fan of Master Blaster, the song by Stevie Wonder, you can oh. also let us know at Cartridge Command on Facebook or Car Command at the Twitterverse. Yeah. We are here cool. for you in all of your blasting and masting ways and needs. You're darn right we are. But I do go out of my way every week to make sure we thank those awesome, those wonderful, those fine folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Uh, it is their hard-earned dollars that they fork over to us on the monthly. 
It's their support that makes this show possible. And we don't ask for a lot. And we accept any amount you'd like to give. A dollar, every dollar counts and every dollar mm-hmm. helps. Uh, without you guys, this show wouldn't happen. So thank you all so very much. If you don't give, please consider doing. And if you do give, thanks again. We'd love to expand this Cartridge Command empire. And the only way we can do so is with your support. So once again, and for the fifth time, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate hey, all your vials. That's right. And we can't, I, yeah, I'll say thank you six times if I have to, because we can't thank those folks enough. They, oh, they really yeah. do, you know, give us the tools we need to make this show happen every week. So seventh time. Thank you. Mm, thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on. Game on. Game on. <laughs> oh, I got into the whiskey again. <laughs> chug a lug, chug a lug. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. One. Time's up, Nick. I bet you're laughing your butt off as you edit this because that joke was so good. Sorry, uh, one of the cats <laughs> hid its way in here. <laughs>